This is the One Verse Podcast, where we liberate scripture from religion, one verse at a time. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the One Verse Podcast. I'm your teacher, Jeremy Myers. Have you been baptized? If so, how? Was it as an infant? Were you sprinkled on the head? Maybe it wasn't as an adult. You got immersed in water. But if so, was it in a stream, a lake, a river, a pool, a baptismal tank inside your church? And when you did get baptized, what did the pastor say or whoever baptized you? Did they say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Or did they say, I baptize you in the name of Jesus? (laughs) Well, these are some of the debates in Christianity around baptism. I'm not going to solve all of them today, but we are going to look at one passage, 1 Peter 3.21, which says, baptism saves us. (laughs) What about that? If you haven't been baptized, does that mean you're going to hell forever? Well, some people think so. That's what we will be looking at today. Now, I want to say as well that uh, this podcast episode is drawn in part from my online course, The Gospel Dictionary. The Gospel Dictionary looks at 52 keywords of the gospel. One of them is the word baptized. And uh, people who join my online discipleship group are able to take that entire course for free. It's not finished yet, but I am steadily working on it. And uh, so when you join the online discipleship group, you get access not only to that course, but all the other courses as well. And most importantly at all, Importantly, uh, the thing that people seem to appreciate the most is the Facebook group. Okay? People get in there, they ask questions, they help each other with issues. It's, it's a very encouraging place, too, for people who are having struggles at, at church or reading scripture or, you know, even in some of their relationships, their work relationships, their marriage relationships, even with their kids. Okay, so anyway, uh, when you join the online discipleship group, you get uh, invited to join that secret Facebook group as well. So anyway, I hope to see you there if you are not in the group already. Pretty exciting group. Let's go ahead, though, and study this topic of baptism. So when people read 1 Peter 3.21, which is the verse I just mentioned a bit ago, they do wonder if baptism is necessary for salvation. The verse says this. Peter writes, There is also an antitype which now saves us. Baptism. Not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. All right, so that's what Peter writes in 1 Peter 3.21. So does baptism save us? <laughs> well, the answer, according to Peter, is yes. He says, there's an also antitype which now saves us. Baptism. <laughs> okay, what does Peter mean? I mean, after all, isn't baptism a work? Think about baptism the way you often think about baptism, uh, whether you got sprinkled or dunked underwater by a pastor, you know, immersed underwater, something like that. Aren't you doing something or isn't something being done to you? Well, yes. So it is a a work, an activity, a behavior of some sort. And so um, if, if baptism is required for gaining eternal life or going to heaven when we die, forgiveness of sins, escaping hell, all that sort of a thing, uh, and baptism is a work, then how can we say that eternal life is by faith alone in Jesus Christ alone, apart from works, lest any man should boast, right? This is the dilemma. This is the problem. 
Now, the solution actually is quite simple once you understand it, and that's what we're going to talk about in today's podcast episode. And the solution is to understand two key words in 1 Peter 3.21. One of them, of course, is the word baptism, which we will talk about, and the other one is the word saves, right? When Peter says the antitype which saves us, we need to understand what he means by the word saves. Now, uh, again, both of these words I cover in great detail, much more detail, in my online course, The Gospel Dictionary. Uh, the word saves and baptism. I carefully define it, and then we look at a several key passages that use these words, and I'll show you how to understand them. But let me just try to summarize them bo- both for you right here, right now, so you can understand 1 Peter 3.21. The word saves, let's start there. The word saves, uh, when most people think of the word saves, salvation, savior, something like that, uh, most Christians think of the, you know, that it means escaping hell, forgiveness of sins, so you can have eternal life and go to heaven when you die, right? And so, you know, we sing songs about being saved, and we ask people, when were you saved? You know, have you been saved? That sort of a thing. But the truth of the matter is, although we Christians use the word that way, the Bible rarely does. In fact, I would argue the Bible never does. And I I do argue that in in, uh, the Gospel Dictionary online course. Uh, But the Bible, when it uses the word save, salvation, savior, saves, saved, okay, those sorts of words, uh, the best way for you to understand it is to realize that uh, another fine translation of the word is the word deliver or deliverance, deliverer, something like that, okay? And then what you can do in scripture is look in the context of where the word is used to find out what kind of deliverance is used. So the disciples are out on the boat and a big storm comes up and Jesus is asleep in the bow and they say, Jesus, save us. Are they saying, Jesus, forgive us our sins so we can escape hell and go to heaven when we die? (laughs) No, they're saying, Jesus, we don't want to drown. Okay, so you can understand that. Now that one's pretty obvious. But you look in the context, oh, Jesus, save us. All right, Jesus, deliver us. And then you look in the context, deliver us from what? Well, deliver us from drowning. Okay, and and, uh, that's just an example. But you can do that same sort of study as you read Scripture on your own. Whenever you see the word save, saved, salvation, savior, something like that, just just substitute in the word. That's going to help you. You just make that switch in your mind. And then look in the context. And when you do that, you're going to discover that the vast majority of the times the word saved, salvation, you know, save is used in Scripture, it's referring to some sort of uh, temporal deliverance, you know, like uh, from enemies or from uh, sickness or, um, you know, financial ruin or destroying your relationships or uh, suffering the the, the consequences of sin in this life, right? Because sin does have consequences, all right, so, so that's how the word saved is most often used in the Bible. And I would argue always used, but again, there's some debatable verses that I'm happy to discuss down the road. And we'll, we'll get to those eventually in this podcast as well. But anyway, very rarely, if ever, does the word saved or salvation refer to going to heaven when you die or receiving eternal life. Okay, so that truth right there is going to really help us with 1 Peter 3.21. Okay, whatever, however we understand the word baptism, if we look in the context, and I'll do this in just a minute, we'll see that Peter, when he talks about being saved, all right, the anti-type, which now saves us, he's not at all talking about eternal life, going to heaven when you die, anything like that. Okay, so we'll talk about what he is talking about in just a minute, but let's look at the word baptism first. The meaning of the word baptism 
in 1 Peter 3.21. So baptism has caused lots of problems in Christianity for the last 2,000 years. Uh, In fact, there was a time, roughly 500 years ago or so, when uh, there was a major disagreement in the church about how to be baptized and who should be baptized. And the disagreement became so um, crazy that one group of Christians was literally drowning another group of Christians because they disagreed with how uh, what this other group was teaching about baptism. They were, basically, this other group was saying, infant baptism is no good. You have to be baptized again as an adult if you were baptized as a child. Okay, so they were going around baptizing adults. And this, this, this other group said, what? No, that's wrong. You want to be baptized again? Fine. We'll baptize you. We'll drown you. <laughs> okay, I, I'm laughing, but it's tragic. It's horrible. I, I mean, it's just ridiculous. And we Christians don't do that today, right? <laughs> right? No, uh, we don't. Um, we don't go around drowning people with baptism. You know what we do do <laughs> is uh, we condemn we, we condemn certain groups of Christians to hell, everlasting torment, because their view of baptism is wrong. And I'm not kidding. You just look up some of the teachings online about baptism, and you'll see that people say, "Well, if you were baptized as an infant, you don't have eternal life." You know, they'll they'll say you aren't saved. You are going to go to hell forever because you were baptized wrong. So, all right, we don't drown people in rivers anymore because we disagree with their view on baptism. Instead, we just condemn them to hell. (laughs) Okay, so I guess Christianity really hasn't changed as much as we might think, right? Um, But we do argue, right? We argue over, you know, who can be baptized, infants or adults, right? We argue over the mode of baptism. Should it be by sprinkling or by immersion in water, complete immersion? We argue over what words should be said. There is a debate in Christianity on whether when someone gets baptized, you say, I baptize you in the name of Jesus, because that's what we see the apostles doing in the book of Acts, or uh, whether we should baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, because that's what Jesus says in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. All right, and so there's a big debate. And so one group says, no, your baptism isn't valid because you baptize in the name of Jesus. The other group says, no, your baptism isn't valid because you baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, and then they, the, the more excitable groups, sides of those groups, uh, condemn the other ones to hell because they didn't say the right words, right? Magic words when someone was dunked underwater. Uh, look, all of this can be cleared up. By the way, There's a hilarious video, actually almost a scary video, on the blog post related to this podcast about uh, this this priest who's baptizing an infant. It's the craziest form of baptism you've ever seen. Uh, It it almost borders on child abuse, in my opinion. So anyway, uh, go check out redeeminggod.com slash baptism, 1 Peter 3.21. Okay, you could just search Google for that. Search baptism, 1 Peter 3.21, redeeminggod.com. And uh, it'll pull up. Anyway, there's a video there that shows you this this uh, priest uh, baptizing this infant. It's just ridiculous. Craziest thing you've ever seen. I imagine there's some people who get very upset <laughs> if their child was baptized this way. Uh, the point is, though, we can clear all of this up, quite simply, by understanding what the word baptism means. First thing to know is that baptism is not an English word. It's a Greek word. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, When you see the word baptism in the Bible, it's because the translators have simply taken a Greek word and and given it English letters and called it good. They didn't translate it. Uh, The the Greek word is baptism or baptizo, right? So uh, it's not a translation at all. 
If we actually translate the word, it means immersion or submersion. Okay, that's the best translation of the word baptizo or baptism. All right. And of course, that just lends support to certain groups of Christians who say, see, see, baptism has to be my immersion. Right? The, the, the debate's been solved. Everybody who isn't baptized by immersion, their baptism wasn't real. Well, actually, even though we have defined the word as submersion or immersion, uh, that actually has not solved the problem. And the reason is because when you go and look at all the places that this word, this Greek word, is used in the New Testament, there are uh, seven different ways or kinds of baptism that are mentioned. And guess what? Only, what, two or three of them involve water. <laughs> the rest have nothing whatsoever to do with water. Uh, there's John's baptism, for example. Uh, this is a, a Jewish, a specifically Jewish baptism that uh, he did in the Jordan River. You can read about that in the Gospels, early chapters of the Gospels. There's, um, there's the baptism into Moses. This is 1 Corinthians 10.2. All right, that sort of did involve water a little bit uh, through the Red Sea. And then, of course, there's believer's baptism, uh, which we do read about in the book of Acts. All right, and that one also involves water. But uh, aside from those three, then we have uh, this baptism of the cup, which, which Jesus talks about, which is referring to his crucifixion. No water involved there. Then there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which we read about in Acts in Romans 6, for example. That doesn't involve water. And then there's this baptism of fire, of judgment, which Jesus talks about in various places. All right, and that, that obviously, baptism of fire, there's no water involved there either. All right, so there's uh, seven different kinds of baptism in the Bible. And by the way, again, if, if you are taking the online course, the Gospel Dictionary course, I have a nice, neat little handout for you, which you can, it's a chart, which you can download uh, and print off. It's a PDF document, which uh, shows these seven different types of baptism in the Bible and uh, the various passages that refer to them, okay? It, it uh, will, will help you understand the seven kinds of baptism. Anyway, the point is, it's a vast oversimplification to say that all baptism needs to be with water, because there's several baptisms in the Bible that are not with water. All right, so immersion, submersion is fine, but not always with water. It has nothing whatsoever to do with water, the word itself. Now, you can be submersed in water, but you can also be immersed or submersed in fire or in judgment or, okay, in the teachings and, and um, example of somebody else. By the way, I'm going to talk uh, in the next podcast episode about Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Um, and uh, so you'll want to listen to next week's podcast as well, where, where we discuss that passage. It's related to this idea here of the seven forms of baptism we've been talking about. Just to give you a heads up, water baptism is not mentioned there either. I'm convinced of it. We'll talk about that next time. Anyway, the point is this. To be baptized means to be fully immersed into something. Not necessarily water, but into something, all right? So that what is baptized is completely overtaken or overwhelmed by whatever it's baptized into. Often, uh, you'll, you'll hear it sometimes that baptism is used in reference to the dyeing of cloth. So you take a, a cloth and you dunk it into the vat of dye when you pull the cloth out. It is immersed. It is identified with that other color. Okay, so liquid is being used there, obviously, but, but uh, the, the point is, when it's baptized, it is fully identified. It has been immersed and now become fully identified with that color. 
All right. And uh, so that is how to understand the word baptism. It just means immersion, submersion, so that what is baptized becomes completely identified with whatever it was baptized into. Okay, so you baptize into Moses, you become fully identified with Moses. Uh, baptized with fire of judgment, well, then you have become identified. You have been judged, come under the, the, the judgment, okay? So uh, immersed in, in, fully immersed in judgment. Anyway, that's enough on baptism. We've, we've understood the word saved as deliverance from something, context determines what, and we've understood the word baptized as uh, being immersed or identified, submersed into something, and again, context determines what? You know, what is being baptized? And uh, so, so with all that in mind, what does 1 Peter 3.21 mean? Well, again, it has nothing whatsoever to do with going to heaven, receiving eternal life, nothing like that, okay? Uh, if we look in the context of what Peter is talking about, uh, first of all, Peter is not referring to water baptism, believer baptism at all. All right, He indicates that the baptism he's writing about is through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And uh, numerous scriptures reveal how we are identified or submersed into the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Not through water, but through spirit baptism. All right, So that's what I think Peter is talking about here. It's spirit baptism, spiritual baptism, not water baptism. All right, now, some people point back to 3.20 and say, see, see, water's mentioned there, so this is water. <laughs> yes, water is mentioned, the water of the flood with Noah, uh, but Peter clarifies in 3.21 that he's not talking about water baptism because he says, I'm not talking about the outward washing of the flesh with water. <laughs> Peter says that himself right here in 3.21. By the way, guys, I'm not talking about water being immersed in water. All that does is remove remove dirt from your skin. He says, that's not going to help you. Okay. I'm, I'm, he's talking about the inner purification of a good conscience towards God. That's what he's talking about. Okay. And, and what form of baptism does that? Spirit baptism again. The washing of water of the word. The, it's, again, it's, it's a, a symbol of what the Spirit does for us, through us, in us, in our inner man, cleansing us, renewing our minds, purifying us. Okay? That doesn't done in an outward form on our skin with water. It's only done inward, in the inner, inner person, by the Holy Spirit. So Peter's talking about spiritual baptism. All right, and then what about this word saved? Well, it's, in 1 Peter 3.21, and uh, the context, Peter is talking about how Noah and his family was saved through water. All right, now think about this. This is the flood. Go and think about the flood, and how was it that Noah and his family were saved? Were they saved from the flood? Okay, again, being saved from the flood has nothing to do with going, going to heaven when they die or receiving eternal life, nothing like that. Did Noah receive eternal life because he built the ark and then sat in the ark as it went through the flood? No, it has nothing to do with eternal life. He was saved from drowning in the flood by building the ark <laughs> and by going into the ark, entering into the ark when the flood came. Anyway, but notice um, being saved through water. Noah and his family were not saved by being dunked in the water. <laughs> they were saved from the water. The water was trying to kill them. The flood waters were coming to destroy every living thing on the earth. And Noah and his family were saved from the flood waters through the ark, by the ark. 
Okay, so the ark saved them, the water didn't. Noah and his family passed through the waters, were delivered from the waters, all right? And then Peter goes on to say, just as some people today pass through the fire, are delivered from the fire today. What's he talking about? Look, you look in the context, you know, back in verse 18 and so on. um, Peter is saying, look, back in Noah's day, there was, yes, a flood of water that came upon the earth, but the flood of water came upon the earth because of the flood of sin. Sin was everywhere. Okay, people were, people's lives uh, were, were getting destroyed by sin. And Peter's saying it's the same way today. There is sin everywhere. The world is covered in a flood of sin. And he says, you want to be saved from the sin, from the destructive, destructive and devastating consequences of sin in your life? Then he says, immerse yourself in Jesus Christ. Identify with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Follow the teachings of Jesus. Learn the teachings of Jesus. Understand what it means to be dead to sin. You know, that's what Paul talks about a lot. Peter's saying the exact same truth. What is Peter teaching here? He's not telling people how to be justified so that they can go to heaven, you know, receive eternal life when they die. He's saying, he's teaching a sanctification truth here, how to live a holy life, how to uh, avoid having your life ruined by sin. All of our sins have been forgiven by God, all right, from eternity past. But that doesn't mean that when we sin, it won't have negative and destructive, damaging consequences in our life here and now. If you've ever sinned, as I know you have, then you know that sin has damaging and destructive consequences. It can ruin your health, can ruin your finances, it can ruin your relationships, it can cause you to lose your job, it can even lead to premature death. Okay, all these sorts of things. Peter is saying, let's avoid all that. Let's be saved from the damaging and destructive consequences of sin in this life. He says there's people all around us getting drugged down into the the flood of sin. He says, don't be like that. Avoid that. Be rescued from that. Be saved from that. Be delivered from that. How? By following the teachings of Jesus. By understanding what it means for him to have died and rose again from the dead. When we understand the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus then we will be saved from the devastating and destructive consequences of sin. So look, that's 1 Peter 3.21. Peter's not saying you have to get dunked underwater in order to go to heaven when you die. (laughs) That's not his point at all. He's not writing about how to gain eternal life. And we see that now that we've understood how to understand the words saved and baptism. Right? Peter's not writing about how to gain eternal life. He's writing about how to live the Christian life. He writes that the best way to live free from sin, like Jesus Christ, is to identify with Jesus, be submersed into the teachings and example and instructions of Jesus, to understand what it means to uh, be dead to sin in Jesus Christ and, and raised to new life through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When we understand that, when we have submersed ourselves, immersed ourselves into Jesus Christ in this way by the Holy Spirit, That's when we can be saved from the flood of sin that surrounds us. That's when we can be delivered, rescued from the devastating and destructive consequences of sin in our lives. 
I hope this teaching has helped you understand what this verse means. Uh, and especially stop using it if you ever have to condemn other people who might have a different view of baptism than you do. That's not why this verse was written. <laughs> In fact, uh, using the verse that way is the opposite of why this verse was written. We're not supposed to be going around condemning and accusing others. That's Satan's job. So, so don't don't accuse others. Don't don't follow in the way of the accuser. Okay, um, let's let's love and live with others uh, in, in the truth that we have learned in Jesus Christ. And look, if you want to learn more about baptism or this word salvation or even some of these tricky and troublesome texts from the New Testament or from elsewhere in the Bible, I do invite you to join my online discipleship group. And when you join, you can take my discipleship, all of my courses in the discipleship group, including this one that looks at 52 keywords of the gospel, the, the course called the Gospel Dictionary. We do look at the words baptism and the words saved and uh, 50 other words as well. All right, there's lots of content there for you. And of course, uh, some people like the courses, but everybody loves this online Facebook group where you can interact with others, ask questions, receive encouragement, um, and even get advice and input from other like-minded people who are seeking to follow Jesus and understand scripture uh, in, in light of Jesus Christ. So if that sounds interesting to you and you want to join, just go to redeeminggod.com join and the instructions will all be right there. Thank you so much and I can't wait to see you on the inside. And never forget, keep following Jesus wherever it is he leads. Mm-hmm.